Fish B, are you scared of Mondays? Fish B on the base. Yeah, I know I'm scared of everything, but of all the days of the week, Monday is the scariest. I mean, if there's going to be a day where I just forget how to podcast, it's going to be a Monday. There's so much time, so much time between Thursday and Monday. Bonjour, amigos. Welcome back. Glad you're here. My friends call me Bob. Credit score 725. Favorite breakfast, eggs, Benedict. Thank you for the guitar assist, Fishby. Now that you know everything about me, that's all there is to know. Let's talk about politics and media for a second, shall we? The most relevant political point made over the weekend was made by Face the Nation's Margaret Brennan. Election Day, like the next one that matters, is still over 500 days away, which made me curious. So I asked British Surrey, and she said 539. Also fun, James Comer, the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, the man at the forefront of Operation Takedown Hunter Biden and the entire Biden crime family, or however James Comer knows them, the chairman of the House Oversight Committee. There was this big informant, like a really important informant, like the kind of informant they'll be reading about in history books for centuries, because this was the informant that, according to James Comer of the House Oversight Committee, was going to take down the Biden crime family. You want to know what happened to the informant? They lost the informant. How do you how do you lose someone that's going to be this essential to history books for centuries? They lost them. I'm not calling the House Oversight Committee sloppy, but unfortunately, I don't have thesaurus.com handy and don't know any clever synonyms for sloppy. So so sloppy it is. They've lost the informant. Back to the story everyone was talking about last week. And I saw this on MSNBC a lot. This, this whole thing is CNN going to hell for quote-unquote platforming Trump. And I'm, I'm not 100% sure that's the definition of platforming, but whatever, MSNBC. Nicole Wallace was like... A rabid raccoon on a stick she was confident would provide nourishment for centuries. That's how she attacked this story. Like a rabid raccoon. And I like Nicole Wallace a lot. I think she's very bright. I think she runs a great show. Holy shit, Nicole. And then there was... uh, What's the 5 p.m. fella? Chris Hayes. He's been there for... Excuse me, 8 p.m. East Coast. Yeah, 5 to be... Uh, Chris Hayes, uh, hashtag inners or something. Man, I've never been a Chris Hayes guy, but he, I just, I DVR everything. So I was just curious what the likes of Chris Hayes was saying about it. And he too was losing his fucking mind that CNN was going to hell for quote unquote platforming Trump. And, uh, let's break this down. Let's take a. Take a take a take a stroll down Fuckfest Lane. 
It was a Republican town hall on a news network, a Republican town hall with the leading Republican candidate. Therefore, it was newsworthy. And if it's newsworthy, I'm not sure. Platforming, really? They're going to hell? And I think American voters need more information, not less. So I say hoist and foist, as I often say. I'm not sure what foist means, but I think I've used it correctly. Again, no access to thesaurus.com. I say hoist and foist all his repulsiveness to the masses. And at the end of the day, we don't necessarily get the politicians we deserve, but we do get the politicians we tolerate. And if America wants to vote for that goddamn shit show and potentially end the republic as we know it, I don't want to be anti-democratic. What do you propose the solution is? CNN has to deplatform. Trump, that's the, that's the thing, that was the finger in the dike that, that was saving us all from tidal wave Trump, really? See, that was, that was it, and now that CNN's done this, oh no, oh fuck. It was newsworthy, a Republican town hall with the leading Republican candidate, therefore newsworthy. Hoist and foist. Was the town hall the wrong format? I've certainly heard that. I mean, the town hall, I thought, made it more interesting. I like hearing what the Trump voters, how they actually respond to Trump. It's enlightening. Hoist and foist. And I hate to break this down to MSNBC, a fact that they're well fucking aware of, that even though it is news, it's still showbiz. They don't sit in makeup chairs for hours because it's not showbiz. You hypocritical fucks. There is a question worthy that Chris Christie accused CNN of. Was CNN so desperate to get Trump that they let Team Trump handpick a very favorable audience. Because they have an issue with that one, Fishby. Was it irresponsible and poor judgment to air it live? No, Fishby. What are they going to do? Air it on a three-hour delay? Too much editorial responsibility. Do you really want to be the ultimate arbiter of every fact that exists in the universe? Of all universal truth? I think it's more responsible and better judgment to air it live. And I realize all media companies fish me. I realize everything. Even even I do it. The way you frame the story matters. I get that. But that would take, not hours, take days if not years to get night or 70 minutes of Trump. 
90% right. It would take years. Good luck with that. All right, Fishby. Oh, you've already kicked them over. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Fishby's questions. Now, now this thing really gets started. Oh, boy, let's have some fun. Yo, it's me, Fishby. And do you still like your prediction that Megan Kelly replaces Tucker? And have you streamed anything good lately other than Frontline on PBS? And have you forgiven yourself for the broken promise of your son having to come back to your podcast dojo this summer? Well, that last one sounds like a lot of fun, Fishby. Thanks. On a Monday? Tick through these in order. Do I still like my prediction that Megyn Kelly replaces Tucker? I've seen no formal wagering odds. I haven't seen any, like, inside industry stories about who are the candidates. Other than Jesse Waters desperately wants to be America's racist in chief, and he feels like the 5 p.m. sly is where the bigots go, and no one can be a better bigot. I feel like Jesse Waters like, hey, I mean, I'm that guy. Are you shitting me? But I still do like my prediction that, that even though it was real messy when she left last time, that Megyn Kelly replaces Tucker. And, and it's a little bit of an educated guess. Even though things ended weird, in an understatement, with Megyn Kelly and Fox News at the end, it's still owned by the Murdochs. And the Murdochs also own America's newspaper of record, the New York Post. For months, every day in the digital version of the Post, like what you see in the app or on the website, there's been one, if not two, stories about things that Megyn Kelly's recently said every single day. It could just be she's a beautiful blonde, but there's lots of beautiful blondes in the world. New York Post is always down for an excuse to put someone beautiful in the paper. But I think it may be more than that. I would not be surprised. I like that prediction better than Jesse Waters. I do. We'll see. And have you streamed anything good lately other than Frontline on PBS? It doesn't get better than Frontline on PBS. How dare you, that slight. No, my favorite magazine's not The Economist. I mean, it's a good one, but it's not my favorite. <sighs> I've tried to watch The Class of 09 on Hulu just for Kate Mara, because she's fantastic. And uh, I got through about half an episode. wasn't just in the mood. I mean, I've mostly been watching basketball. Hulu does have uh, a new special with you 2 and someone called Dave Letterman. I've, I've never seen him professionally his entire career once be, be known as Dave. It's always David. That's just up. Disney Plus, Best Mandalorian season yet. 
the night agent and ancient apocalypse are good on netflix that have come out quasi recently how good is succession i know most people don't have hbo or the max but also love and death elizabeth olsen and jesse plemons yes i love that fish bee. yes and why are you looking at me like you're gonna cut me off because you're gonna because you're gonna cut me off i haven't even gotten to your last and very important question have i know that's my fault but have i forgiven myself for the broken promise of your son having to come back to the podcast dojo this summer well i'll make that simple of course not of course not Maybe if we if we somehow some way get through the couple months he's here because school vacation summer vacation is short in Florida if if we somehow get through that time relatively unfettered and unmolested uh, then maybe I can forgive myself uh, a little bit but not until then not until then and he's not here till till end of the month so um, I do want to talk about one real quick thing unfortunately on a on a serious note we've been quasi open about this over the course of the year but i've been um kind of back and forth on my meds and the reason i want to be off them i feel like i'm I'm only 95% as good as a, as a, as a podcaster. <laughs> the good news is I'm still 95% as good and I'm not a danger to myself. Like that's the good sign of the meds. But there comes a time in every podcaster's life where you got to decide. You, you got to be 100% because it's, it's that 5% that makes the difference. Like that, the whole ball game is that fucking 5%. So starting tomorrow, once again, I'm not going to take anything. And I think I'm still going to podcast, but if I was ever going to miss a day, it would be then. But for for every day I miss, I promise to do something very, very, very nice for you. So maybe you should root for me to miss. I don't know. But I'll leave you with that. We'll see how it goes. Fingers crossed. Mantis is prayed. Till maybe manana. Say adios, Fishby. <laughs>